Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast is brought to you by Liquidware, creators of Stratosphere UX, FlexApp, and Profile Unity, a best-in-class EUC offering that integrates with your existing virtual environment, improving both manageability and end-user experience. Podcast is also brought to you by Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues, regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. And now for this week's news. At least to begin with, this week's episode features a lot of info from Microsoft's Ignite conference, which took place in Orlando, Florida. I'll start with what I feel was the biggest announcement, but I must confess I'm biased as it's an area I have spent a lot of time and focus in myself. Microsoft announced that the multi-user Windows 10, which I covered in previous episodes of the podcast and has appeared in early previews of upcoming releases of Windows 10, will actually be an Azure-only offering called Windows Virtual Desktop, which offers a Windows 10 full desktop for your users with Office that could be accessed obviously anywhere via the Azure. Upon the announcement, I made a comment online, what's old is new again. Shared desktops have been around for some time, but in the past, these have run on server operating systems with the desktop experience feature enabled. Some have said this is Microsoft trying to lay claim to VDI. I'm not so sure of that, only because I would need to see the cost before buying in completely. In my experience, running user loads in Azure is quite expensive. I love the shared desktop concept though. In many ways, it makes a lot more sense than non-persistent full personal virtual desktops. I'll cover this in more detail in a blog post shortly. Also, I found it rather telling that they also announced that partners for this initiative include the likes of Citrix, Lakeside, CloudJumper, ThinPrint, PeopleTech Group, Liquidware, and FSLogix. A hint that for the richest experience, you'll still want to integrate with other tooling. One of the most interesting facets of this announcement for me was the fact that the offer includes extended Windows 7 security updates. It may suggest where at least the short-term value may lie. If you'd like to, you can go ahead and sign up for the preview now, which is coming later this year. If you're a fan of the podcast, you'll have heard me mention on previous episodes that Microsoft have been changing their stance on traditional passwords for authentication. That became evident in recent Windows 10 releases, prompting for a PIN setup. This week at Ignite, it was announced that businesses that use Microsoft Azure Active Directory will now be able to use Microsoft Authenticator app on iOS and Android in place of a password to log into their business applications. Signing in with your phone is pretty cool, it's pretty smart. It's something that other companies like Citrix have been offering with their workspace platform, and frankly, I feel the days of putting in credentials for every single site and app, or even the desktop itself, is something that should be put to rest. So this is a welcome announcement. Forbes reported that the biggest announcement was the unveiling of the new Open Data Initiative, or ODI, which is a joint effort between longtime partners and sometimes competitors, Microsoft, Adobe, and SAP, or SAP that should allow enterprises to better connect, utilize, and govern their data while supporting privacy and security initiatives. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of like forming an alliance with the intent to ensure a standard and compliance for keeping customer data safe. I don't have any insider info on what this will look like, but I'm hopeful with Microsoft's attempt to stave off the U.S. government intrusion in their case in Dublin, 
that this is coming from a good place and I try to stave off my own um, skepticism you know you think these large vendors do they really value our privacy and our data security as much as we do you know even part of the skeptic of me says well yeah they do because if they don't and there's a breach or they're found to be giving our data over to other entities when using their cloud services that's going to hurt their bottom line and hurt the reputation of their cloud service so this could just be a form of marketing but even so if the end result is better data protection and safety for us then i'm all in office 2019 is now available for windows and mac os interestingly only the latest windows 10 and server 2019 operating systems are supported on the windows side which i reported on in a previous episode of the podcast it's been known for some time uh, there's also a four gig memory requirement which could throw the cat among the pigeons in some vdi may also work to benefit the use of the uh, windows virtual desktop some of the features will already be familiar to office 365 pro plus users but they're now delivered in the more traditional standalone fat client install Microsoft is adding a number of new AI tools to its Office Productivity Suite. Those include Ideas, which aims to take some of the hassle out of using the different tools and will have smart prompts if you're in a tool trying to do something in particular. will say, hey, maybe you would like to do this. So like Clippy, but with artificial intelligence and all kinds of new capabilities to annoy you. Microsoft Teams now lets you blur the background. The promo for it amusingly uses the viral video of the BBC reporter whose kid came into the room behind him when doing a live on-air report, as an example. Other Teams announcements also include the capability for meeting recording, a Teams mobile companion, cloud video interop, image annotation, a new Teams administrator role for role-based management, and also integration for Microsoft Search. Asad Khan of Microsoft announced the preview of SQL Server 2019. It has been suggested SQL is evolving from its purely relation data roots and will be bringing machine learning to where the data is with R and Python model training and scoring. Asad stated, as the volume and variety of data increases, customers need to easily integrate and analyze data across all types of data. Now also for the first time ever, SQL Server 2019 creates a unified data platform with Apache Spark TM and Hadoop distributed file system packaged together with SQL Server as a single integrated solution. SQL will also lend itself better as containers including on Kubernetes with an interesting capability for always on availability groups using Kubernetes which sounds very interesting. Essentially imagine having multiple containers rather than multiple servers sitting on a host or different hosts and different data centers for your high availability or always on groups what if they're actually just containers with database with sql and they're configured in an always on availability group that you can then orchestrate and streamline management of with kubernetes it sounds pretty interesting to me there's also enhanced security through improved encryption persistent memory support as well and other features 
Intune will now allow us to deploy Win32 apps with greater flexibility than in the past. So previously, if you tried to use Intune, you probably know you could deploy MSIs that were simple standalone applications, but really not much else. It appears we'll now be able to deploy the more complex Win32 apps too. And as a sidebar, I didn't see much information on SCCM, but it's been rumored and people are saying, well, they're essentially trying to get away from SCCM and bring capabilities that are in SCCM over to Intune so they can make it more of a cloud-friendly way to manage your devices and application deployments and patching. Well, I did see some tweets suggesting that there are some SCCM enhancements and features going forward and that SCCM is not in fact dying or dead. Windows Admin Center now features a PowerShell scripts view so you can see what's executing under the hood. It's very cool for all those automation junkies out there. You could just grab a snippet of something that you typically do through the Admin Center, take it, put it into PowerShell and automate it for yourself. There were many Azure feature announcements including around Azure Databox which Zax.com reported on. The device facilitates up to 100 terabyte of customers' offline data transfer to Azure's data center in a secured manner. It is designed to be tamper resistant and weighs around 50 pounds. The other notable Azure takeaways from the event are previews of Azure Databox Edge and Databox Heavy. Azure Databox Edge device is powered with robust artificial intelligence driven edge computing technology. So if you've been following the podcast over the last nine months, You'll have heard me talk about edge computing and edge computing features and capabilities in the various different cloud offerings, not just Azure, but AWS as well. Expect more features around edge computing in the future, I'd bet. The Surface Hub 2 will launch in the second quarter of 2019. It will be lighter and thinner than its predecessor. Some of the other talking points include the likes of Microsoft's managed desktop and MSIX, which I covered in other episodes. There were many other announcements, particularly around Azure, such as Azure Stack, Azure Function version 2 being released, Azure Monitor, Digital Twins, and more. I'll share a useful link if you'd like to catch up on this for yourself, but I'll leave it at that for Ignite News. Frankly, with the four-day event, with so many different product teams involved, I couldn't cover everything and keep the episode below 30 minutes. So I decided to pick a handful of things that I wanted to talk about, and I've covered that. In some other news, Citrix App Layering 4.14 is now generally available. You gain support for vSphere 6.7, up to 40% performance improvement on user login when using those elastic layers. And also, most importantly of all, user layers are now supported. This feature has been in labs or a preview state for some time. I've been pretty public when stating I had not deployed App Layering 4.x in prod myself and have moaned about so many of the great features from Unidesk that weren't there in App Layering. This is the most important one for me, so I'm excited to try it out again in my work environment. Sticking with Citrix, local host cache is now available in Citrix Cloud. If your database takes dump, don't worry, your users won't be affected. Sessions will be able to broker as normal while your service is being restored. This is something that was added to earlier versions of 7.x for the on-premises Citrix setups, and it's a welcome addition for Citrix Cloud. On Tuesday, the 25th of September, Cisco WebEx experienced a disruption. It appears the root cause analysis may be ongoing with the commitment from Cisco that they will do everything they can to ensure these kinds of unplanned disruptions don't occur in the future. Welcome to the cloud, baby. 
Flexera this week announced they have acquired RightScale, a player in the multi-cloud management space, essentially empowering you to manage and optimize your cloud resource usage across multiple clouds in the most cost-effective way possible. A shout out to our local Phoenix Citrix user group. If you're a member of that, you'll have seen Jeff Zeno do a really great session around um, Citrix Cloud and Azure, and he got into some of the pain in the ass things about managing loads in Azure around cost effectiveness. And you can see Flexera obviously acquired Brightscale, Nutanix announced Beam, VMware bought Cloud Health. So a lot of organizations are making these acquisitions or creating these products that overlap and do the same thing, but are crucially important for customers who are trying to get to that cloud nirvana. And now for this episode's hot job. Microsoft are looking for a managing director over their Startups Canada division to be based out of Toronto. The ideal candidate will be passionate about helping startups grow, deeply familiar with and invested in the startup community in the region, and interested in taking advantage of Microsoft's resources to empower and grow a healthy, diverse, and innovative startup ecosystem. So the requirement to be familiar with the startup community in that region may eliminate a lot of people as it seems like a very specific person they're targeting. In the role, you will build and execute a complete startup engagement strategy for the region in close partnership with Microsoft Canada and Microsoft's investment arm M12. Be the face and voice of Microsoft for startups, representing Microsoft to the startup ecosystem and community and building trust, credibility, and excitement in the region. You will identify, engage, and recruit high-quality startups into the startups program, Amplify your voice through events, community participation, conference speaking engagements, etc. And give particular attention to building capabilities in and supporting founders from underrepresented groups. There's also more, but that's a few of the uh, things you'll be doing. Qualifications include proven expertise in building successful startup teams, deep experience in mentoring founders and helping companies scale, experience with larger scale corporations, with ideas on how to build relationships for lasting outcomes and the ability to manage a broad portfolio of business relationships with startups, mentors, investors, and internal Microsoft stakeholders. So if you're in the Ontario region, I guess, and this interests you, this could be a great opportunity. And now for this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. I guess this week's is more of a trick since it's not very widely known and it's a very strange easter egg in the Windows operating systems. So did you know there's a feature called God Mode? Essentially it creates a landing directory with all kinds of admin menus for Windows. Now it's not like it's exposing new features and management options you don't already get through administrative tools, control panel and other built-in management menus, but it puts it all in one place and the options are much more descriptive than they are in other menus. Check out the links for this episode, which is in episode 39 on 5 bytespodcastcom to see how to do it or watch the YouTube video version and check out the link in the YouTube video description. I'm showing it as I'm speaking. Well, that's it for another week. As always, thanks so much for listening.